Damn it, Denny. We fly all the way back to Hawaii to get away from this bad weather. And what do we find? A hurricane. I know this sucks and I'm hungry. Well, you didn't have to eat all the storm snacks. We use up all the poppers. Did you see how filthy my VCR was? How else are we gonna watch all these tapes? Girl. Welcome to Hot Red Shorts, a gay watch of Baywatch. Two gay guys watching Baywatch. One episode at a time, more or less at random. I'm Josh. I'm Denny. Today we'll be talking about Baywatch season 11, episode 15, A Good Man in a Storm. This episode aired on February 19th, 2001. And Denny, at least we're in the 21st century now. How old were you then? 2021, I was probably in ninth grade. Probably in ninth grade. It depends on like what time of the year it was. February, February. 19th. That would be the beginning of the year of 2001. Wait, I graduated middle school in 2000. So in 2021, I was probably beginning or... Yeah, it was ninth grade. These are tough questions, Danny. These are. Well, what was known for sure is that George W. Bush was president. He was in his first term. And a few things happening around this time. On February 10th, Weird Al Yankovic, at the time 41, wed his wife, Suzanne Krajewski, which I didn't know he was married or even ever thought about his personal life, but he's got that movie out now, so. Yeah, I did not know about uh, any of that either. Do you uh, like Weird Al? I only remember the the Madonna cover or parody song. Which it, one? To Like a Virgin, what was that one? Like a Surgeon. Like a Surgeon, yes. Hey, like a surgeon. Song. It's a great, I'm clear it all's great. Well, on February 12th, Napster was in court. And if you were only in ninth grade, were you using Napster yet? We used Napster. I don't know if we've had switched to LimeWire by that point. Now, in February of 2001, I have to think I was using Napster originally when it first started in late 1999, early 2000. So, yeah, I think that Napster was pretty useless by this point, maybe. Yeah, I think uh, when the lawsuit happened, like they were kind of like done. Yeah, I mean, they were still a file sh- sharing service for a little while. It would eventually be strangled to death by copyright law. But it was originally launched on June 1st of 1999. I used it like crazy. You sound like you use a little bit. We all did it. On <laughs> February 15th, 2001, the first draft of the complete human genome was published in the journal Nature. Let's see, what else? On February 18th, comedian Kathy Griffin, mm-hmm. she wed computer administrator Matt Moline. Do you yeah. remember this at all? I was a big Kathy Griffin fan back in the day. I don't dislike her, but I don't know anything about her personal life. Yes. Well, he was on their reality show, and so he was a part of their life. So you saw a little bit of their relationship. But uh, they would later divorce in 2005 uh, because Griffin alleged that he had stolen $72,000 from her throughout their marriage. Like while she was sleeping, he would steal her ATM card and go take large sums of cash. Guess they had separate finances? Apparently, but... You know, water under the bridge. So <laughs> anyway, in video game news, something we don't talk about very often at all, but you're, you love video games. I do. And I play a decent amount. And back then I was playing a few. In 2001, some of the biggest games, they, they'd come out before now, but you know, video games were big, but nowhere near what they are now. But you can tell where they were going from here. Some of the biggest games for PC were The Sims, which had come out a year before, February of 2000, and Roller Coaster Tycoon, which was a couple years old, and Diablo 2. Me and my friends played The Sims, and we got the code to where you got infinite uh, money, 
so you can make anything you wanted. I didn't care about that. I liked the code where they were sort of naked. Like, oh, we didn't yeah, get Yeah, take one. off all their clothes or, and, and really who cares about any codes as long as you can make everybody gay. Yes. Yeah, I like to make everybody gay and then when I got bored enough, I would board up the houses and then a fire would start and then everybody would die. <laughs> then you start over again. Uh, but on console, Paper Mario and Pokemon Gold and Silver were big. Were you playing any of that? No, uh, I kind of, I played a little bit of Pokemon, like, but mostly just the red and blue, that original that came out. So a few years before. Yeah, and then like the later stuff I didn't really do much you, of. You had already transitioned out of Pokemon by this point. I mean, I still grade. played here and there, but like none of the like the mainline stuff until it came to like Switch. What the movies, uh, some of the biggest films were Hannibal, one of the films in the Hannibal Lecter series. I believe that someone eats their own brains in yeah, this one. You, I would not be watching that one. Yeah, not for you. But what about Recess? They had a movie. Uh, the called, kid show? Yeah, called School's Out. No, I never watched Recess. I think that was like a Disney Channel it was not Disney Channel. As far If I remember correctly, I believe it was Disney's One Saturday Morning, oh. which was when Disney bought ABC and Gargoyles got really terrible and Doug got really terrible. But I think it's from that year. My little brother, who's the same age as you, was really into Recess, but I didn't even know they had a movie and that's me. Yeah, I think I was more watching like Fox cartoons on Saturday mornings. We'll come back to that. Uh, another movie, November Rain, Keanu Reeves and Charlize Theron. Don't not remember that at all. All right. Uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I uh, never saw it in theaters. I saw it at my friend's house later. Okay. Castaway. Uh, once again, never saw it in theater. And Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? One of my favorite movies. Never saw it. Damn, Denny. You... I just know it's a George Clooney movie. Yes, that's that's right. Well, there uh, there was a big gay movie out at the time. I say big, at least as big as gay film was. It was Paul Dano's first film. Are you familiar with Paul Dano? He's a fairly large... Anyway, uh, he just played the Riddler in the latest Batman movie. Anyway, the movie was called L.I.E., which is uh, a reference to the Long Island Expressway. It's the big highway up there in uh, Jersey, New York, and it came out on January 20th of 2001. And Paul Dano is his first lead role. He uh, starred as a young boy curious about his sexuality in the wider world alongside Brian Cox, who you would remember. He's an older man that's been in a million things. And he played, you know, the older man that a younger gay boy meets and blah, blah, blah. So, uh... I don't really like watching those types of movies because they're downers, if anything, but uh, but it was good. So from back then. Yeah, I never heard about that one either. Well, you're in the dark about a lot, Dan. I am this this episode, apparently. Well, not just, okay, well, let's get to television. So, you know, you were definitely watching TV back then. Uh, you were talking about Fox Kids. Well, Fox Kids was number one in kids programming, according to Nielsen ratings. And uh, Digimon was in particular rise at this point. Were you a Digimon kid? I watched it. Um... I was more into Pokemon, but like, you know, it was on too, so I was watching it. All right. Well, something you wouldn't be watching on TV, and nobody would, is that despite his weird wishes, Timothy McVeigh would not be executed live on television. Do you remember Timothy McVeigh? No. He was the guy behind the Oklahoma City bombing. Okay. Yeah, which was when he, he, he basically he engineered a bombing of the bombing of a federal building in Oklahoma City, and it resulted in the death of a number of people and children because there was a daycare there also. Uh, that was in April of 1995, and he had a lot of interesting thoughts about various things, and one of them was that since he was going to be put to death, he wanted it to be on live television for everyone to see, and uh, luckily that did not come to pass. So he would be put to death a few 
months later. But yeah, <laughs> behind closed doors where those sorts of things should be done. Uh, and things only slightly less gross. Uh, Will and Grace had a new two-parter on uh, this night of television, this week of television, I should say. On this episode, Grace would find Will's father cheating. I mean, who cares? I yeah. mean, like an episode about Grace, I mean, that definitely wouldn't give a damn about that. Were you watching Will and Grace? I didn't start watching Will and Grace until like the last few seasons. I caught an episode here and there and I thought it was really funny. It just wasn't really on my radar that much. Okay. Well, you're a freshman in high school. So in 2001, what about the WB? There was a lot of stuff on the WB for everybody your age. There was Buffy, Vampire Slayer, Angel, Gilmore Girls, Charmed. Nope. I stopped watching Buffy after the first two seasons and kind of just gave up after that and then didn't watch any of those other shows. Well, some of those were good and some of those were bad, but it's good that you gave up on Buffy, at least in relation to the episode that's on this week, because this week's episode, she meets a robot uh, that a guy built to be a sex slave. She had to beat it up. It was It's a very good episode, actually. What? But... What, kind of very ex machina type thing? Kind of, sort of, yeah, <laughs> actually. But uh, it's the final episode before the episode of Buffy, which would come out the next week, which is The Body which is one of the best episodes of television ever. And that's where Buffy finds uh, her mother that's passed away. Oh, but, I know uh, about that episode. Yeah, very good. But enough of what was going on in 2001. Now onto our Baywatch basics. And it's skimpy, this episode. There are very few players. Like four. Yeah, exactly. And as far as Baywatch regulars are concerned, there's Sean Monroe, who's your favorite yes. hunky man that he is. He's played by Jason Brooks. And uh, this time I found out he actually appeared in Baywatch before as a different character like a lot of actors do in, in season two episode. Oh. So, yeah, so we have that to look how, forward to. How young was he then? It was nine years before, so, you know, we'll see how he looks. And from, from the stills that I saw so far, he's got some shaggy hair, so I think we'll be a little <laughs> disappointed. But uh, also, uh, we have Zach back. Zach McEwen, played by Charlie Brumby. Charlie Brumby and... Uh, Resident stoner. Uh, yeah, he was uh, terrible last episode. We'll see how he is this episode. And uh, Charlie Brumby, the actor that plays Zach, he played one of the gentlemen. We mentioned Buffy the Vampire Slayer before. Uh, he played one of the gentlemen in the episode Hush, which had no dialogue at all. It only had music and stuff because these demons stole people's voices. And I'm surprised that he was one of the gentlemen because they were kind of tall, floaty bald things. I remember that episode. Everybody remembers that. Also on our regular cast with somebody we have not met yet, and this is some way to meet her, Jenna Avid, played by Krista Allen. Oh. <laughs> Save your vomit for now. Krista Allen, she debuted as an actress in 1994. I thought this was interesting. She starred as the title character in seven different syndicated softcore sci-fi movies called Emmanuel in Space. During the last moments of this century, a group of strange visitors arrived from another planet and found one of the most sensual and beautiful of all Earthlings. Emmanuel. To take them on a journey around the world to explore the mysteries of human love and sexual desire collecting data which would change their own world so very far away and thus we embark on an adventure like no other Emmanuel softcore like it was softcore porn well 
soft cores without an appellation at the end. But yes, they're quite sexy, these, these movies. And she also portrayed Billy Reed on Days of Our Lives for 41 episodes in the late 90s. Uh, and the only reason I mention that is because that role is actually best known for being portrayed by Lisa Renna. Do you know Lisa Renna from... Uh... Yes, Housewives. Yeah, she's one of the real Housewives. She's been an actress for a very long time and she's married to Harry Hamlin. Yes! The hot guy from Clash of the mm -hmm. Titans. So uh, we have a guest star also, but I didn't really note her and I'm finding we'll see why. So we'll get into our episode. When... Oh. <laughs> yes, where, uh, Denny, you warned me ahead of time, uh, but just spoilers, I did not have the same reaction as you. What? We're going to have to let it play out because, oh I mean, we could sit here and argue, but we can't. There's a storm coming. <laughs> it's Hurricane Hanu, and it is poised to hit the Hawaiian Islands, and Baywatch headquarters is just abuzz with activity. They're running around like crazy, putting things away. Nobody in particular. It's a bunch of random extras. We don't get to see anybody's faces. So I have a question. Maybe you know the answer to this. Please. So Hurricane Hanu. Uh-huh. That sounds like a Hawaiian name. Do they name their own storms or like... No, 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 no. Like it, Hawaii doesn't get a special thing. For okay. They know, but... Uh, when I was living in Hawaii many, many years ago, there happened to be a storm. I don't remember because it was so long ago while we were there. They named the storms you know, for all sorts of reasons. I would imagine if it was a storm that's mainly coming toward the Hawaiian Islands, they would probably try to give it a Hawaiian name. But I also think, actually, now that we're talking about it and I'm thinking about it, that they set those names ahead of time, like at the beginning of the year. Whatever. I'm happy that we both realized that it's Hanu because I actually had to watch that first part a few times, which I shouldn't have because it turns out that the German title that pops up on the screen later on says Hurricane Hanu. Baywatch is a buzz. Sean is trying to keep everything moving, as he would as the boss. And uh, obnoxious Zach with the highest highlights I've seen in a really long time. It looks like he's stuck his finger in a socket, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Uh, he's there. Uh, he's not really being helpful. He, instead of moving around supplies, he's more concerned with taking care of his CD collection. And it's the oh. backup to his website, I guess. I don't know. It, it was just CDs brings me back. <laughs> yeah, he mentioned also he was carrying milk crates, which, you know, I almost feel like those are an old fashioned thing, too. And, and he mentioned that there's vinyl in there, too. But all I saw were CDs. And if he has any vinyl, it's getting crushed. Those old vinyls are worth some serious coin. Yo, I'm dumping it all. That doesn't matter because Sean is interrupted by a call over his next tell. Those walkie talkie radio phones. Our favorite chirp. <laughs> and it turns out that this is Jana who we'll meet shortly. Uh, there's been some sort of landslide, apparently. We only get one side of the conversation. She needs help, and Sean is off. And this allows Zach the extra space he needs to continue saving his website backup and his CDs and vinyl, I guess. Sean is wearing a new item of clothing that I don't think we've ever seen before. It is a... It looks like it's made out of a wetsuit material, but it's only a jacket, like a super low collar. It's all red uh, with some yellow piping and stuff. I thought it looked pretty cute. Yes, but what it will you... not last long. Thank goodness. <laughs> Last longer than you would want it to when it's Sean wearing it. We find out right away that Jenna, this Jenna, is some sort of muckety-muck, bigwig, a councilwoman, apparently. And she doesn't mind throwing her weight around because there wasn't any landslide at all. She just wanted a boat ride from wherever she was to wherever she needed to go. Well, I hate to pull rank on you, Sean, but as councilwoman, I have every right to use government-sanctioned personnel and equipment as I see fit. Yeah, she... And she's talking like the storm is not going to be a big deal and like she's more worried about like the financial impact of closing the beaches down which i was getting like very big mayor from the amityville island 
vibes from her. She is absolutely a cartoon supervillain. <laughs> like, as we'll see as we go along, uh, there's not much dimension to her character except, yes, she cares about money and, well, that's it. <laughs> but yeah, so far what we're getting is that she is a politician, yes, and she's completely discounting any sort of news report. Well, except for the one news guy that she happens to know that says that the storm that everyone is sure is on its way won't actually hit the islands at all. I just talked to a local weatherman at Public TV. He told me how news going to change course and probably miss these islands. And like you say, you mentioned Amity, and that's a whole Jaws thing. You don't want to shut down the beaches. She talks about the finances. Well, these people are more concerned about safety. This is Baywatch. We know what's more important. But as she's saying this, it does begin to pour down rain. Almost as if God or the writers were ready to strike her wrong immediately. And what I've noticed, like all these outside scenes where it's like pouring down rain, it is bright as can be outside. Oh, but wait, what are you talking about? There's that thick digital rain that they put <laughs> yes. over the top of the yes. screen. Or CGI. There's a little bit uh, where they do start spraying them with hoses and stuff later, but well, it must be hard to shoot in a storm and you can't get those on demand but yeah it's pretty cheesy and as we've seen before the budget is super super low at Baywatch Hawaii and actually ro let's roll back to Baywatch Basics again there's only three main characters not just featured in this episode seen there's no one else that even gets a speaking part except for those three people I mentioned and someone that we'll meet. And don't be surprised that we get digital rain over yeah. the top and the sort of crap <laughs> that we're going to uh, wade through. Anyway, Jenna, Jenna is the real bitch of all of this because she is in rare form. You rarely see someone that right away hits every button that is just this awful. I'm curious to see what previous episodes depicted her as because... She was insufferable the entire episode. Now, if you just pipe down, it would be smooth sailing. Yeah, the only... F well, we'll see. <laughs> anyway, a faceless news reporter, he updates us that Hurricane Hanu, it's increased in intensity, it's now a uh, Category 3, and it's heading directly for the island of Oahu where our Baywatch cast is currently in residence. Now, Zach, though, he is stuck alone at headquarters, and he is busy boarding up all the windows, trying to keep himself safe, which is quite a feat, because there's a shit ton of windows in this place. Every place in Hawaii has a ton of windows. So he tries to reach Sean over the radio, because he hasn't heard from him, and he needs to let him know that he's stuck there. Hey, Sean, I don't know if you copy me or not, but I hope you're hauling tail out there. Uh, I tried to blow this popsicle stand, but the wind tossed me back inside. No choice left uh, except to stick it out here at the center. Everybody was supposed to go home. There really shouldn't be anybody here, but due to the storm and probably his dicking around, Zach He probably got high in the closet somewhere and forgot. Well, one of the first things he mentions is he's excited that he has his music and then immediately wonders, oh, I have no food. <laughs> Which is I would be concerned about too, to be honest. Get some... Sour cream and onion chips with some dip, man. Some beef jerky, some peanut butter. Get some Haagen-Dazs ice cream bars, a whole lot of hot. Make sure chocolate, gotta have chocolate, He does this man. goofy spin, like I say, as he realizes at least he gets to be alone, he gets to do what he wants. And another sort of reference, like showing who this guy is, he does this little, this little scream, this like little yell. He's doing the Polly Shore weasel thing. Oh, God, yes. Today, buddy, we're going to discuss grindage. Having filled the furnace, packed the cheeks, and stuffed the gills. 
Okay. That's that's what he reminds me. Right. Of. So he is dancing around and doing his thing. When he does those little screams, that's who this guy is supposed to well, be. Before he puts on his music, he's like, "I need something that's going to get me pumped for the storm." But and he puts on like it sounded like almost like a reggae sound, and like it just did not match the feel that he was going for. It didn't make any sense. We're not quite to the music oh, yet, but we will absolutely talk about that. It's okay, because really what we have to go back to is more digital rain and more Jenna really fucking things up, to be perfectly honest. It's a big storm. They're stuck in it. Sean is trying to get them back to safety. Well, apparently, for whatever reason, they're not going to be able to get all the way back to wherever they need to get back to. He's trying to take them into this small cove. He for some unknown, unknown reason, allows Jenna to pilot the boat and Sean goes to the front to sort of guide it around a reef. What happens? She doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. I don't know if she doesn't know or she doesn't care. Well, she acts like she knows. She's like, I, can, I know what I'm doing, all this sort of stuff, and immediately hits a reef or something. Right, she grinds right, right up against the reef and apparently it's bad enough that shit goes down. Sean needs to throw down the anchor and Jenna, being Jenna who, as you say, she knows everything. Calm down, Sean. Get out of the way and let me do it. Jenna, wait! She proceeds to throw the anchor off in chunky heels on a slippery boat. The bow of the boat in these heels trying to throw an anchor over. What the hell do you think is going to happen? She falls right on her ass in the water. They imply, though, like the rope kind of like knocked her off, but there's no rope touching her. She just fell off. I will admit, though, the scene surprised me because what I expected is she was going to throw the anchor and it wasn't tied down yet. Oh, that would have been better. Or what would have been really good is if the anchor had gotten wrapped around her leg and tied her down and Sean would have to save her. It turns out, though, just by being knocked in the water, that was enough to knock her out. Well, I, From what I remember, Sean jumped in to try and help her and she was swimming away from him at first. Yeah, it was odd. It was odd. She was swimming away, and then, like, she eventually just, like, stops and, like, lays face down in the water. From what we learn later, let's say she's having a panic reaction. She doesn't know what to do. She's flipping out, and then she just shuts down. Shuts down as a nut. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like like those goats, I guess, that you, sp- <laughs> you know, you spook them and they fall over. I mean, but it works in some kind of way. I would try this strategy if I got what she gets, because Sean has to jump in after her and perform some what seems to be risky in the water, mouth to mouth. With rain and big, or supposed to be like big waves. Yeah, there's water, somebody's swallowing some yeah. water, but it would be worth it again for Sean. This is when we go to our theme song. And since it's season 11, it is the best theme yet. My favorite. Really? Absolutely my favorite. Oh, we talked I about it last. I still like the um, classic theme. Wow. Well, we're, the good thing is we're gonna hear lots and lots of that. So no worries, but Sean, Take your jacket off. He takes it off eventually. Yes, Denny, but it's still on as he jumps in to to save Jenna. And this is when we get our German title also, Hurricane Hanu. I don't know how to pronounce German, but their hurricane has a K in it. So anyway, (laughs) Sean is able to get them to a rocky shore and they're kind of hiding under this craggy area. And Sean is back from the boat. He's been able to retrieve the barest of supplies and he lists them, water, rope, Knife and lantern. It sort of sounds like the beginning of an RPG or something, right? (laughs) Yes. Sean, again, proves how wonderful he is. From the water, despite everything going on, he was able to spot what he ascertains to be a World War II bunker. 
I'm surprised he doesn't know like every single landmark in this vicinity. That's how they should have played it. Yeah. Is that, oh, I know this area. There happens to be a landmark over there. Instead, no, he saw it from below. But it doesn't matter because Jenna, I'm sorry, she's a cunt. She doesn't respect any of this. What, do you think we're going to find a cozy little cave for two if we're lucky? We're going to see this and we're going to say this a few times. So I'm sort of like blowing it up already. But this is 110% her fault. This entire situation is of her doing. Yes. And she is laying into Sean as if he has any culpability. Just the audacity of her. Like, it, she just grates on me. And that's why I had to say, see you next Tuesday. What? You expect me to climb a hundred yards in this weather? Back at Baywatch headquarters, Zach is narrating exactly as I do when I'm all alone and turning it into a dance party. Yes, this is when he puts on what he says are going to be rocking tunes or whatever, and he chooses instead Cruisin', which is by 3 Plus. And 3 Plus is that Hawaiian band that did like all the music for the season that we okay. talked about before. And But you're right, it's not bad music, but it's, it is chill. It's, it, it's not what he described. And like, he's like banging his head. It like makes no sense. And doing the weasel scream multiple ah! times. And there's even that weird choppy 90s editing where in the middle of one move, it'll have a cut, have a cut, but right to the same move. So you're like, what exactly? <laughs> or what are we transitioning between? Whatever. Uh, his munchies are awakened now. And his stoner senses are tingling. He yes. finds some donuts underneath a tarp. He knew already where they were because he mentioned someone's name and he says who knows how old those are but uh, he's also going through people's desks damn it zach <laughs> pain in the ass even worse before he can nosh on some killer grindage he, there's knocking from outside who the hell could possibly be outside the storm is at a very high pitch at this point but it's a woman's voice screaming and yelling to come in tells her she can come in but you know this whole area is boarded up you have to go around the back and not just boarded up let's describe what this is he is inside with a bunch of windows and he has large sheets of particle board just drilled into the wall so it's not like there are openings a door he can just let her in at he actually would have to remove panels and she refuses she's like i can't make it so he has to remove one of the panels yes to let her in and this goofy young wet girl comes streaming in and he proceeds to lock them in together, which I'm sorry, but on both their sides seems pretty dangerous. You're, you're two strangers, you're locked in this area and it, in a whole different scenario, this could be a horror movie or something. Yeah, but you know, he's high, what does he know? <laughs> very, very good point. This woman we learn is Ivy and her name and her look go together perfectly. She looks like she shops at Hot Topic exclusively uh, in 1998, even though it's 2001. Uh, and we're going to see that she really only gets, as you say, insufferable. Both women in this episode don't they, have good showings. They did girls dirty this episode. They did. Because speaking of that, back at the bunker, uh, there doesn't seem to be an easy way in. And why would there be? There's not just going to be open things. There's like this iron gate blocking the front. So Sean proceeds to attach his radio beacon yeah, on the outside. So, yeah. you know, hopefully they can get rescued. You're going to leave it out here? It won't do us any good in the bunker. The signal won't be strong enough to get to the Coast Guard. Perfectly reasonable, perfectly calm. He's a professional. He's specifically trained to deal with these dangerous situations. And she's not appreciating it at all. 
take a beating, Jenna. Well, I'm not. I'm going inside. She assumes that, like, you know, that is a waste of time. The storm is going to destroy that beacon. But, you know, it's one of those, like, hard plastic things, like, that old cell phone's made out of. It's not going to get destroyed. It's going to be perfectly fine. I don't, I think that if it were made of the hardest material in the world, she would still bitch. I think <laughs> if everything was still wonderful, she would still find some reason to dig at poor Sean. But kudos to her for trudging around in those shoes because those heels don't leave her feet the whole episode and she makes her way from the boat to the ocean across the reef into the bunker she walked so bryce dallas howard could run in jurassic world there you go <laughs> well the first bunker at least this big door gate that they try to get into it's inaccessible they, they just can't open it uh, with good reason but sean he's resourceful he's able to find this hatch on the ground that he knows somehow leads to a chamber within this whole complex and so they make their way down safety is here and what does jenna do when right when she gets in there bitches she does because it's a small space which you would imagine of course it would be what do you expect it's not going to be a dining hall meanwhile zach is busy back at hq flirting with the new stranger ivy and as he's patching her up she got some cuts and bruises yeah some sort of wound on her shoulder maybe she got it like cramming through that particle board area and he name checks the band here oh yeah whenever i'm feeling down i just turn on the three plus those big Hawaiians are a force of nature. Which is nice, so get them a little exposure on the show. But at this point, the show probably had its lowest ratings, so maybe it wasn't the best, and you can't really find them on Spotify. But they are out there. Three plus, look for them. I like some of their music. Anyway, Ivy conspicuously explains that she's just a tourist. I'm just here on vacation. Don't look at me. I'm not suspicious at all. And she displays, though, a very strange familiarity with all of the weather equipment and everything that's happening at Baywatch. Yes. She, uh, I, I pretty much pegged her right from the start. And we find out re shortly, like, what her deal is. Oh, right. Which, she gives us a hint, not just the equipment she knows about. Zach's website comes up now. What'd you like best? The 24-hour surf cam? The around-the-clock weather reports? The Ask Zach chat room? She talks about how she's a huge fan of the website, which apparently also features an Ask Zach chat room. So it's that era of websites <laughs> that everybody had a little chat room. And Zach takes this opportunity wait, wait, to... Wait, real pause real oh, quick. Oh, yeah. Did you, did you use AOL chat rooms? Welcome. No, I when, when I had AOL, I was very young. And by the time I was old enough to be using the AOL chat rooms in the way that everyone else used them. I had just a regular internet provider. So no, I missed out, um, as always. I use them. And for all our fans, if you know what ASL means... You've got pictures. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, well, that wasn't necessarily just there, but it, certainly uh, you had better uh, luck on the AOL. So anyway... <laughs> Goodbye. Zach absorbs all the compliments and ignores anything strange about Ivy and instead asks more questions about her. She wants He wants to know more and he wants to impress her enough so that he starts turning on everything around Baywatch HQ, which probably isn't a good idea since they fled during a storm and turned it off. There's probably a reason and they're all off but he also works there maybe he knows but this is thinking with his dick <laughs> hey it happens to the best <laughs> of us it happens to the worst of us all we're all equal in that way but ivy's mask slips here even more she is way into this weather footage and from her magic bag that we hadn't really seen before she produces a full-size video camera hey what come on tourists don't carry around that kind of equipment 
back at the bunker. Jenna and Sean are soaked all the way through. The jacket is still on, but clinging as tightly to Sean as you would, I'm sure, if you were around him. Oh, absolutely. And like you say, this is a tight fit, not just for the jacket, but for Jenna in the bunker, she starts having your typical cliched claustrophobic fit. Yeah, like I said before, she does not like small spaces. And what does that make her act like? A mega bitch. <laughs> yes, she not goes, just not just a normal bitch, a mega bitch now. Yes, she turns it all the way on the way that Jenna responds to stress. We all have different ways of responding to stress. I myself am not completely innocent, so I can't paint her too badly. But yes, she berates Sean. God, it's dark in here, Sean. Doesn't the next tell work? This is how she's going to react. This man's trying to help her. Well, he's going to be the target of all of her anxiety, all of her bad feelings. Well, you're the only person here. You're going to get all of it. And it's clearly overwhelming her. It's, she just can't take it. I'm fine, Captain America. As if it's supposed to be an insult. Yeah, I didn't get that insult. Quite frankly, he would have made a pretty good Captain America, too, back then. Mm -hmm. I would have watched. I, I would. Lots of things with Sean, but <laughs> he's a professional rescue guy. He's trained to deal with these situations, and he keeps a cool head. He just tries to reassure her that everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to work out. And then Mother Nature kicks him in the balls. Of course. A bunch of branches and mud falls on the hatch that they came in through, essentially blocking them in. Completely. They And they can hear it. They know what's happening. And some water starts to trickle in, too, just as we fade to commercial. The new AOL Time Warner, working to make your life more enjoyable. The world's best information and entertainment will be available to you wherever you are. And you'll stay in touch with your friends, family, and colleagues anytime, anywhere. The very best of AOL Time Warner on your television, telephone, portable devices, and the internet. It's your choice. You're in control. AOL Time Warner, committed to making your life easier, better, and more enjoyable. I want a really cool computer. Call 1-800-GATEWAY. I want speed. It's 933 megahertz fast enough. I want a humongous monitor. Everything. Everything. And your budget? $3,000. Michael, a Gateway Essential PC with an Intel Pentium 3 processor, 17-inch monitor, free DVD or a printer is just $999. A thousand? Under. At Gateway, we make it easy. Jenna cannot stop haranguing poor Sean about every little thing, even as he's trying to save them from certain things. Are you pulling, Sean? Because it doesn't feel like you're pulling. Yes, I'm pulling. Oh, you're not as strong as I thought. Jenna? Again, this bitch is the one that wanted her own private boat ride from this place to that place. This is the woman that declared, this storm's not going to be any big deal. Whatever. She's the one that ran the boat into... The it's all her fault. And yet, Sean is the one that's having to deal with it. I don't think we can even, like, describe how insufferable this woman is. You have to watch the episode yourself because it's just insane. It is one of those things that you really have to see because there's something about her unpleasantness that strikes me as very familiar. And I think if we looked back at this period of time on television and in movies, there were a lot of characters. Hell, there were a whole cast sometimes of just unlikable people that were very attractive kind of involved in cool stuff, but as long as they were wearing shiny outfits, you were watching. So I think that she is an unfortunate symptom of, of, of what was happening at the time. But luckily for us, we don't have to deal with it. We're not stuck in the bunker. Sean is. And the situation is getting worse by the minute because that water that was sort of you know trickling in before is now pouring in from ports in the ceiling. 
Well, also, the debris, I think, blocked oxygen flow. So they have, like, no air. Well, they imply that. But if there's water coming in, there, there should be some. But but I'm not there again. And they're in panic. Or rather, Jen is in a panic state. So, yes, apparently they're running out of air. Biology 101. There's no way to survive if there's no way to breathe. Well, Sean is, I guess, trying to pry off some rebarb or something. When he finally does, he's they're trying to, like, poke a hole up the ceiling, I guess, to, like, get some airflow. Which uh, causes water. more water to yeah. come down. So... The situation, no matter what they seem to do, is only getting worse. As bad as Jenna seems, this ivy is not much better back at Baywatch HQ. I wouldn't want to be stuck in a storm with either of them, to be honest. Meanwhile, Zach, he's busy trying to resecure the windows. He let Ivy in. There are papers strewn all over the place. The office is going to be pissed when they get back and all their stuff is soaked because of stupid Zach. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Ivy's more tolerable. At least she's not, like, yelling constantly. That's true. She's just more self-absorbed. That's true, but the shit that she's absorbed about is intolerable. You know? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's like, it, tur- it turns out she's not exactly a storm chaser, but she's more than willing to put herself into dangerous situations because she's desperate to jumpstart a career in television journalism. Yeah. She wants to be on TV, on the news, and if it she has to go through a storm to get there, perfect. You like drive around the country looking for twisters, flying cows, like in that movie? Not exactly, although if I saw a flying cow, I would definitely have a story. And if she has to use her feminine wiles to uh, dupe some uh, half-wit into helping her, she will do that. Well, She's not, that's not beneath her. Well, lucky for her, there happens to be a half-wit here. <laughs> Zach is on hand, and they trade references to Twister here, which at this point was, I think, a six- or seven-year-old movie. But his raging boner overrules everything. He is only seeing Ivy as what she's allowing him to see, and she's going to use this to her advantage. But Sean is topless now. This is what's important. Finally. I mean, who cares why? He's finally in the state that he should be, the way that he should always, but... There is a reason. The water that's pouring from the ceiling, they have, they're ripping his thing into, sh- into shreds to try to block this up. Trying to sp- or slow down water flow into the bunker so they don't drown. He's running out of what he though. All right, Sean, I need another piece. This is never going to hold. You got to really shove it into the cracks there. Which you think you would move to the next logical piece of clothing, which would be his hot red shorts, but... They have, they have a different idea because Jenna is officially the worst person in the world. Oh, I hate this place! She bitches and moans. She goes off. She's so angry. She's so pissed. She's so pissed. She rips the top of her shirt off, exposing the, I would say, the top half of her boobs. Yeah, I think it's like she's wearing like a tube top underneath. Yes. Yeah. It, you, there's no way, by the way, that you could have told that it was a tube top. It looked like it was like a breakaway outfit. It was... But she calms down. Real quick to get this one uh, jab in at Sean. Easy, Captain. You want to get to this water or what? Relax. I'm just doing it to plug up the hole. Like, calm down. Like, well, this whole... isn't for you. Except it is. The way that she rips it off, the, her calming down. I will admit also, though, Sean has the vapors. As soon <laughs> as her tits are exposed, just the top of them, he almost falls over from, I don't know, excitement. The one good thing that Jenna has going for her are her breasts. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, true. Those are nice. That's true. They are. I say that as a gay man. They're nice boobs, and she's a very beautiful woman. However, she really is miserable, and it seems like what she's into 
is power and making other people miserable so that she feels a little bit better. You must eat bowls of misery for breakfast. So they try to use her torn top to plug up the hole more. You gotta really shove it into the cracks there. And you know, it's like a cotton fabric. It's not gonna do anything. I don't think she's wearing cotton. She needs something with a lot of stretch to it. I think <laughs> there's some polyester in there, but it isn't working like you say. It wouldn't matter at all. It's a hell of a lot of water and no matter what they do, they don't have the equipment to do what they need to do to save themselves, which causes Jenna just to freak out even more. You gotta get out of here, son. It's too close and I can't breathe. I need it. I can't breathe. I want to get out of here now. Though again, maybe it's just a ploy. She could be a lot more cunning because Sean grabs her and holds her very close. Very, very close. Two heaving chests slammed together now with some generic storm footage which is slightly better than the last episode's storm footage it looks pretty mild though to be honest it doesn't look that scary we move back to baywatch headquarters where zach is moving boxes around he seems to just be keeping himself busy because i'm sure the boner is thumping in the back of his head ivy gives her gives him a little bit of background of like she idolizes this girl i guess jessica savage was who was this like investigative reporter who it's funny that she idolizes her because she gets killed chasing a storm or like uh doing one of her stories uh, okay i'm not sure okay we have a little bit of conflicting information jessica savage i'm familiar with jessica savage like i'm familiar with it's everything. based on a real person oh you thought all this was made up yes i thought this was just <laughs> I thought it was just like in Baywatch lore. No. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, you gave them too much credit and you are too incurious, Danny. Uh, Jessica Savage was indeed a real life human being that it existed. It sounds like such a fake name. That's because her name is not Savage, it's Savage. Oh, yeah! Which, uh, you know what? No ball busting there. I thought it was Savage all these years, too, but it's Savage. Okay. And she was a very popular television news anchor in the 80s. And it's funny, though. Now, what I found was funny is that she was using her as a idol in regards to investigative reporting, like you say. But from what I remember, her being known for it was being an on-air anchor, for being beautiful, for being able to read well, for that sort of thing. And that her reporting was not necessarily necessarily the greatest thing and yes she did die uh, but she died due to a car accident that that it, from what everyone can tell had nothing to do with a driving under the influence or anything like that which I say only because she did struggle with drugs and alcohol and she had a very interesting on-air slurring thing one time that was a big deal at the time this is like 1983 or something it's a long time ago good evening President Reagan has canceled his planned visit to the Philippines the White House blamed the press of congressional business but did not deny fear for the president's safety. The Supreme Court today left intact rulings of con constitutional right to own a handgun. And now this. But uh, it was a crashing to be bad weather anyway. The morning now. <laughs> yes, Ivy is giving her backstory. She's now moved on to the portion of where she's detailing her boring accomplishments that we're supposed to think are cool. I mean, okay, there was the time that I was in college and I crashed the college news truck into a SWAT team caravan on its way to a hostage situation. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, they're unbelievable stories. She's like, these fantastic things she just happens to be there for. And this is all over a game of Go Fish, which I gotta be real here, Denny. I haven't played Go Fish since I was maybe like nine or ten, and I've never 
never heard you mention Go Fishing. You're a big game guy. Uh, yeah, no, that's a, it's kind of a kid's game. So I, I feel like there was a more adult game they could have played, especially if Zach is, you know, thinking with his boner. That's true. There's no alcohol, which would normally make it a little easier to move in that sort of direction. And we see quickly and should already be able to tell Ivy's in control here. <laughs> Nothing's happening unless she wants it to be. It's not too overt because Zach is capitulating. He's just happy to be hanging out with a pretty girl that's giving him attention. But she's had enough games. She's had enough sitting idle. She, out of nowhere, declares that she's going out in the storm again, that she's going to get her big story, hell or high water. But Zach has some sense, and he tries to talk her out of it a little bit. <laughs> I do rescue work. My job is saving lives. He rescues for a living, so it makes sense that he would at least be like, well, wait a minute, you probably shouldn't put yourself into dangerous way. And really, if she wanted to be out in the goddamn storm, why did she make him open up the window in the first place? Yeah, she knew how bad it was to be like, to not want to go around the back of the facility, that it was in such, she was such imminent peril. So it makes no sense that she would want to go back out. See, she's not necessarily that much better than Jenna <laughs> when you really think about it. And she is able to sort of manipulate him into... Going with her. To be her cameraman. But it, it didn't take that much convincing, to be honest. Right. This is my life, okay? And right now, you are the only one who can save it. Though, the way that she... Because she's sort of like moving things around as she's making her way to the exit. She picks up a rescue can and looks at it and throws it down with no respect whatsoever. <laughs> this girl is not to be trusted. Your rescue can is not just a life-saving device. You may need it for self-defense as well. But she strokes Zach's ego again, and he relents. And he impotently whines just a little bit. And we fade to our next commercial. Steven, it's time for bed. But Mom, I just opened some fruit by the foot. Okay, but as soon as you're done, it's straight to bed, mister. Oh, yeah, sure, Mom. As soon as I'm done. There's not one, but two fruity strips of new fruit by the foot berry berry twist. So your fun goes on and on. New fruit by the foot, berry berry twist. Your fun goes on and on and on and on. Nice hair, Pop. Oreos for breakfast? This could be the start of a very cool day. School will be closed today, so Jimmy can go skateboarding. Hey, Jimmy. Cool. Son, I've decided to raise your allowance. Cool. Cool stuff Oreo toaster pastries from Nabisco. The creamy filling, the chocolatey taste. You know what we're talking about. And now it's part of a complete breakfast. Need a ride to the skate park? Cool. Oreos for breakfast. Cool stuff happens. Now, Ivy sucks in general. There's no question about that. But in particular, as an honor personality, she's nuts if she thinks that she's like made for being a TV anchor because she's picked the windiest, wettest possible place to stand so that she has to scream at the top of her lungs while also looking like a wet rat. But what kills me is she's like screaming and Zach asks what's up with the voice like why is she putting on a voice it makes no sense she doesn't even get out a full sentence before he asks yes about whatever i guess accent she's putting on or whatever and she says no extension you gotta talk like that it's her reporting voice but she's just yelling precisely she's shrieking at the top of her lungs uh, i don't know it, it, it's a badly framed scene but it's it's baywatch it's baywatch hawaii it doesn't matter though because even past that she barely gets two more sentences out before being completely knocked over by the wind <laughs> Mother 
some committed reporter. Oh my god. <laughs> it just it was such a ridiculous scene. But Zach helps her back inside. Yes. And she is pumped. She thought this was the best thing in the world. She rewards Zach with a kiss and she slides down his body in a move. This was like a he thought he was about to get a BJ. It looked in every way and was every sort of indication that, yes, she was going in the direction of oral pleasures. Uh, <laughs> but no, they're fucking with us and she's fucking with him. She's just going to keep twisting the knife until she gets what she wants. Plus, this is a family show, or at least as family as a syndicated program in the afternoon of the late, well, early 2000s. So why did she go down? So she could pick up her camera to review the footage. <laughs> There's a party going on in the bunker because Jenna has magically found this weird bottle of tequila and she just proceeds to guzzle it. Tequila, baby. 99 proof hurricane fortification. Yes, that's what this girl needs is alcohol. That will make her any more, less of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I was worried too, but you know what? She takes a huge pull off of it and she's immediately loose. <laughs> Maybe that's all she needed was just a little, uh, little nip. And Sean joins in. I would have had a, had a had drink too if I was Sean, dealing with her ass all day. I didn't even think about that. I was too worried thinking about how neither of them wiped off the lip before they fucking took it to the head. But uh, yeah, now they're drinking because the situation has gotten worse. The water has risen and it's bad. So Jenna takes this time to uh, tell Sean why she is afraid of small spaces. Do you ever play hide and seek, Sean? Exactly. And we almost don't hear it because now, I really shouldn't talk about sound levels. We hear what this podcast sound like, but the water is so loud. The sound mix has the water in the background cranked up to a crazy level. But uh, I think they tried to like humanize her character because she was just a complete, I'm sorry reusing this word, but just a total bitch this whole entire episode. Yes, I, I went absolute DEFCON for cunt. That's what she's acting like. Yeah. This isn't just a temporary thing. Like this woman is unpleasant. And as you say, they try to give her a little bit of backstory, an explanation for why she's claustrophobic and maybe an indication of, oh, there's more incidents like this in my background to explain why I might have so many hard edges. The reason why she does not like small spaces is she played hide and seek when she was a kid and she found the best hiding place, which is, I guess, her mother's trunk. And as soon as she got in, it locked in and no one came and found her. Uh, Danny, you asked me how I watched this episode and when I watched this episode. And I told you I watched this episode three times. I don't remember her story. <laughs> I did not hear her story. I had a flashback to Punky Brewster when Punky and her friend Cherry were playing hide and seek and Cherry decided to hide in an abandoned refrigerator, and she almost suffocated. Oh my. Hey, can you hear me? I need help! Punky! Meanwhile, Jenna's just in a trunk in her mom's room. <laughs> She's a wuss. But, you know, I guess Sean, it kind of endears him to her more. Well, also, the way that this scene is shot and the way the music is playing and what we're hearing, it's supposed to be a heartfelt story. Well, her top, it looks like she's nude the entire <laughs> scene, which I got to say, I think that might be what Sean is focusing on as well. I'm sorry, what'd you say, Jenna? I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, that water's so goddamn loud. Did, was, is it kind of implied that they had some sort of... Past? Yeah, like a uh, relationship. I didn't pick that up. Okay. At least my guess is that Jenna presents herself as Ice Queen. What we're building to is Jenna and Sean hooking up. Her heart maybe melting a little, him perhaps embracing a little more edge, and then they can compliment one another. 
I mean, they're two hot people. They should be bumping uglies one way or the other. Not with her, please, Sean. Please, anyone but her. <laughs> Even Zach would be a better pick. <laughs> Take a hike, Zach. Hey, I'd be down. <laughs> but Zach's busy back at Baywatch HQ. He's ready to start an office fire because he has stolen stuff from a different person's desk this time. He's found a random candle and he stacks it on a box full of papers with other papers just all over the place in a very windy goddamn room. Be cool about he is trying to set the mood to uh, get Ivy in the mood. He puts on another track from 3 Plus. I think this one is called Rise Above. Aficionado, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's the one. Again, it's not exactly sexy music, but it's relaxing. I'd like to hang out to that. With all the CDs he had, he couldn't find something like that was more like... Does, does he look like a Sade fan to you? <laughs> but it doesn't matter because Ivy does not pay any attention because she is so enamored with the footage she got outside. I look professional. I mean, I look totally professional. I don't get it. The only thing that turns her on is danger, danger, danger. That's it. That's what makes her crazy. Zach, he doesn't exactly look dangerous. Back in the bunker, Sean and Jenna, they continue to get hammered as their world ends. Uh, they're still trading childhood traumas, boring straight people flirting stuff. Sean has sort of a story, but again, I wasn't listening at all. I was just looking at him and her boobs just, they seem like they're gonna fly up into the <laughs> ceiling. I'll tell you his story. Okay. He, his, he was told by his mother not to play in the neighbor's yard. He did and he got lost and it started getting dark, which I'm like, was this a yard or was this a property? Because how do you get lost in a neighbor's yard? Listen, um, I don't <laughs> think Sean has ever been accused of being too bright. <laughs> I think this is another indication that maybe he had a has a very clear mind and purpose and direction. But again, like I said, I didn't finish this. I didn't even hear it uh, because I'm, I had Sean to stare at and Jenna was probably doing the same as me. She plants a kiss. Not a, not, not like a, a sexual kiss necessarily or anything. On the cheek. But on the cheek, very close yeah. to the lips. But uh, I, I think she was just like, oh, poor you. <laughs> I don't know. A person, you stop talking, I'm going to kiss you now. I think that was probably it. Or, you know what? We're down here. We're going to die. Let's get this going. And right after she kisses him, more waters just start flooding in. Nobody wants them to. <laughs> Despite the earlier failure back at Baywatch HQ, Ivy is ready again to throw herself into the storm to get tossed about like a leaf, and Zach's over. Look, Ivy, you want to clue me in here? You're kind of giving me mixed signals. Well, she's listening to the radio chatter, trying to see if there's, like, something she can, like, capture. Yeah, she's looking for an angle, a story angle that she can sort of glom onto. And at this point, she hears something from, I guess, an ambulance dispatch talking about a woman that's about to go into labor somewhere. Yeah. And she seems to think that, despite the fact that she could barely get three feet out the door last time, that her and Zach can get to wherever this location is, film a story that's hard warming and get it to a news station at this point zach's kind of like over it he's like you know you're kind of like leading me on a little bit you can only be hard for so long before you it starts to hurt <laughs> you know we've all been there and he tries to like talk her down like look it's you can't go out there it's crazy it's dangerous we're here we're together we're alone let's get it on Yes, that's the underlying message. He asserts, like I said before, I'm a rescue professional. There's no way I can let you do this. But he really wants to get in them pants, which <laughs> is entirely reasonable. You're in a big giant storm. You're stuck with a reasonably attractive person that you reasonably get along with that you'll probably never see again. <laughs> okay, why not? And Ivy, she seemingly relents. She seemingly goes along with it. I'm, I'm being a bonehead. I just want this thing to happen for me so badly, you know? But... 
You're the lifeguard. Mm -hmm. I guess I'm going to trust your judgment. But it's a slimy trick. Well, what's interesting is, like, she wants to get out of her wet clothes and into dry clothes. But, like, if you're going to get it on, like, why even bother? Well, you so, know how uncomfortable it is taking off wet clothes. So maybe there's an aspect to that. But, again, it doesn't matter because she's playing Zach the whole time. It's all a ploy so that she can make her way to the door. And she does. As she's prying it open, though... Zach comes in, like, what was he... Uh, he was really just trying to stop her, trying to, again, implore, like, hey, this isn't well, safe. Well, he didn't realize what was happening until he actually walked in the room because he was like going to be like, oh, hey, there's some dry clothes in. Um, What's her face's locker? Kakoa. Kakoa. He is so happy to take, take, take from all of his co-workers <laughs> without asking. Hey, Ivy, you decent? Uh, just a minute. She has some sweats you can just use. Yeah, that wasn't poor Kekoa. <laughs> it's mistreated. And, well, so does Zach, though, because he is flung across the room, slammed against the wall. And Ivy is, like, freaking out, but it's okay. She has an idea of how to help him. She gets a blanket and covers him with it. And she's like, I'm going to be, a, I'm going to go outside. You'll be fine here. As he's dazed and knocked out, that was her solution. Well, she has a goal, glory and attention for herself. And she abandons poor Zach, that bleached dork, to die on the floor <laughs> all by himself. And he calls out his last little yelp as we fade to commercial. <laughs> help, help! Mario's back in a new adventure. He has new friends with special abilities. He has new enemies with funky attacks. But will he save the princess? Help! Find out in Paper Mario. Rated E for everyone. Dad lost his hair early. When I started losing mine, I checked it out with a dermatologist. And he said Rogaine. It's two years later now, and I don't see any difference. Doc was right. You can keep the hair you have with Rogaine. So we're at the climax, and this is where the episode like jumps rapidly back and forth between the two stories. We're going to focus on just the one to make it a little easier just in general. And there's not that many characters, there's not that much going on, but why not make it easy for everybody? <laughs> we get more choppy 90s editing as Zach is stumbling to his feet. He's dazed, he's purely out of it, and he's trying to find out what new nonsense Ivy has gotten herself into because she's she screaming again. She didn't get very far. <laughs> She mustn't because she can, he can hear her shrieking right outside, <laughs> right outside the building. Zach seems to be in slow motion. And the, the reason you can tell is because there's debris, there's leaves flying all over the place. When you see Ivy, normal time. When you see Zach, slow speed. So I'm assuming that's sort of indicating we're seeing through his eyes that yeah. things are maybe not quite normal. We see another woman on Baywatch with incredible <laughs> upper body strength uh, as Jenna has been flung off the breezeway. She's hanging on with one arm to the railing. She is channeling her inner Stephanie Holden. Yep. Oh, 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 oh! Uh, and she is screaming for Zach to come and save her ass again. Of course, she's in another bad situation that was incredibly obvious was going to happen, and yet she needs Zach to save her. And he makes his way out there. It's, it's bad weather. It looks pretty shitty. She did somehow find herself to the one part of the railing that is broken off from the side, but whatever. 
Zack saves her. He pulls Ivy up onto the breezeway, and they just sort of stand there <laughs> in the middle of the storm hugging. Like, it's bad. Shit went down just by she walked outside, but they're in no rush to get inside. Yeah. I, I want to know, like, it's there's just one random, I guess, bad gust of wind knocks her over onto the side of the railing. Each and time. And then, yeah. I'm not sure. I, I think this girl probably has maybe osteoporosis, and she needs to worry about her bone <laughs> density. Maybe gain some weight. I'm not sure. Anyways, they make it back inside the HQ. Zach is patching her up yet again, because she's got more cuts and bruises this time. And I guess he's telling her, you know, you don't have to do this dangerous stuff to Z follow your dream. Zach, he's obnoxious. He's an irritant. We've only seen him really once before, and we've seen the worst of him. But here, he's actually demonstrating not just humility, but maybe some character growth. He, he has words of wisdom for Ivy that are legitimate and seem uh, well-earned. Look, all of my life I've been reaching for the brass ring and falling on my face. But sometimes when you want something so bad, you can't help but screw it up. It's like you get in your own way. Maybe you should just step back and let destiny do its thing. Yeah, he talked about how, I guess, when he first started at Baywatch, he tried really hard to impress everyone and just ended up screwing up. Once he kind of just stopped and got a little bit more serious, people started to like him and he started doing better. Nothing I wanted more than to be a Baywatch Hawaii lifeguard, but I wanted it so bad I almost blew it. It wasn't until I stopped trying to impress everyone, things started to fall in place. It's amazing. An acknowledgement of all the problems we have with this character and it's actually going somewhere. Hey, that's a lot of points for me. Not just that, Zach suggests that they go for burgers. There's no way this guy is all bad. That is, if uh, the burger stand is still standing. But Ivy has one more idea. She found her angle, and that is her hero, Zach. Exactly. Mentioning Zach, by the way, maybe it's because of his tremendously strong hair. His highlighted <laughs> spikes have stayed erect the entire time. Storm notwithstanding. For now, let's go back to the bunker because the storm for Jenna and Sean still rages on. The bunker is filling up with water. They are basically just have enough room for their heads yeah. to stay above at this point. And Jenna's breasts somehow are still above the water themselves. Uh, if they were worried about flotation devices, they'd be fine. But no, they have to find some way to get out or at least get some more air. So Sean dives into the filthy, nasty water with wide open eyes looking for some kind of drain, which he finds. But of course, it's clogged. There's no way to open it. He tries and tries and tries, which is great to watch some nice, uh, meaty Sean underwater action. And maybe it's impressing Jenna, you know, with his ability to hold his breath. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, but the water's filling up. What can happen? He does eventually open the drain, but they're now in the predicament where hopefully the water drains faster than the water coming in. Which seems very unlikely. Yeah, because, I mean, the water does not seem to be decreasing at all. To be honest, the futility of the situation doesn't seem all that evident to them. Maybe the, drinking an entire bottle of tequila between the two of them helped. Their flirt fighting, it's transitioned to full flirting. It's like, you know what? We don't need to be assholes to each other anymore because now we're going to die. Let's just put me in you yeah. and, and be done with it. They're going to bang it out. It's going to be the end. Not a bad way to go out. But then everything's ruined. Knock, knock, knock from outside. Who is it? This is the United States Coast Guard. Is anybody in there? The Coast Guard. The Coast Guard has arrived. And what do they, they ask if anyone's in there. And what, what do Zach and Jenna do? Uh, they just laugh. But what do who and who do? Try that again. You said Zach. Oh, sorry. What do Sean and Jenna do? Well, first they're silent for 
too long, not for nothing. I'd be screaming right away, but they start laughing their asses off. You were about to die. The very first thing you should be like, yes, yes, I'm in here, please. They're wasted. <laughs> they're wasted and they're just laughing their asses off. Like I can understand it on that level a little bit, but yes, they should be only concerned with scrambling out of there as quickly as possible. The Coast Guard opens the hatch. It is bright and sunny and daylight outside. There's no rain. I don't know why this thing is still filling up with water. That's a good point. Where is, a, well, no, no, wait a minute. Okay, you asked questions about Hawaii before. We live in Florida. You've always lived in Florida. Water, when it's there, just kind of stays. There's a lot of elevation over there. If there's water that's accumulated in an area that's higher than another, it's going to come down. So there is a possibility that water that had been higher up is going to move its way down to the ocean. And on its way, it's going to stop at that bunker. So I'm okay with that. But you're right. It's Poking holes is not difficult to do. <laughs> We're not here to do that. We're here to have fun, which we are, because now we get some more generic footage of a post-storm Hawaii. The hurricane warning has been officially lifted as the storm has bypassed Lanai and weakened over the open ocean. And now we were- The Coast Guard alive. crew ready to help the drunk pair. And now that they're out of the bunker, Jenna is eyeing Sean like a hungry lion. Like he's going over to retrieve his beacon, the beacon that she made fun of, that she made light of earlier. And it looks like she's ready to jump his bones right then. But no. Instead, she resorts to negging all over again. <laughs> Shit's right in his face. But if you ever tell anybody about this little experience or my childhood adventure, you'll be selling Dale shrimp in Guam. And walks off with his phone in hand, calling for a ride. And Sean is incredulous because he, well, for one, he's probably used to this. And what really can he do? And he rolls his eyes and sends us into our final commercial. Breathe. Exhale. Did you see Temptation Island last night? I cannot believe Billy and Mandy are breaking up. I mean, out of all the couples. But no, she's got to get drunk and rub watermelon on some guy's nipple. Then start crying. Oh, Billy, I'm sorry. Well, she should be sorry. You're crowding my space. You wouldn't last two seconds on Pop Stars. Kathy's so-called reality, hosted by Kathy Griffin. Sundays at 1030. You should get a TV in here. It's a little boring. Bob Dole, and I've always spoken to you frankly. That's why I'm eager to tell you about a product that helps me feel youthful and vital again. What is this amazing product? My faithful little blue friend, an ice-cold Pepsi-Cola. Are the revitalizing effects of Pepsi-Cola right for you? Check with your local convenience store counter clerk and start living. I feel like a kid again. We get to hear Cruisin' yet again, which must be Three Plus's best song. I'll play it for you later. And we get more overhead footage of Oahu after the storm, all supposedly from KITV4. KITV4 Island Television. And, Denny, yes, that is a real thing, too. Uh, just... <laughs> Just to fill in some of the blanks for you, it's one of the local stations in Honolulu. It services all the islands. It's uh, been around for a long time. So uh, I doubt that's real footage from them, but whatever. Now, Zach's hair is bigger than ever, and we see now that Ivy is using him in her story. They are, they they watch... are still, because they never uh, left. Well, I mean, I think it's the next day, maybe. I think it's the same, because they're cleaning up. Yeah. Okay. They are still at Baywatch HQ. Uh, it seems like the other lifeguards have come back. Everyone's like kind of cleaning up, except for Zach. 
Yeah, of course, Zach has been, been there the whole time. He could have started cleaning, but no, he's too busy being interviewed. And he is not doing a very good job. Cut. Well, not good enough for Ivy. She is just beating him up from off camera. <laughs> Write him a script if you want him to say what you want him to say. But, you know, he's just being his typical stoner self. And Personally, I find it kind of charming, his affable nature. He's very loose. He is telling the story in his own way. I'll be honest, it, throughout halfway throughout, he hops up on the counter to tell his story. And I was less paying attention to what he was saying and how it was being said. And what was there to be seen. But that's beside the point because Ivy doesn't like what he says. Cut. She basically yells what he needs to say off camera. It goes on and on. No one's paying attention. Everyone's too busy to really care. People keep walking right in front of him. They have a cutesy little end bit. She basically does a selfie uh, with the camera. And hey, you know, when it uh, comes to uh, not giving up, nobody knows better. This is Ivy Latham reporting to you from Baywatch Hawaii Lifeguard Training Center. Cut. Right after that, we fade to a super short clip of random women doing some hula in a close-up shot. And then, the end. I must have stopped like right after the Ivy and Zach thing because I did not see the hula thing. How did you watch it? Did you watch it on the Plex or did you watch it, uh, the files that they gave you or did you the watch? The files. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, you definitely had the hula thing in there and it was for padding. <laughs> Clearly because like this episode was short as hell. Am I wrong? It certainly seemed like it. I watched it three times, more or less, two and a half times, once through the regular way, our, our German DVDs, and then I, I couldn't believe it that the episode was so short. It was over, and I was like, okay, what, what's wrong? Did the Germans edit out something? Did something? Did we miss something? Was the World War II bunker, bunker, was there a lot more there that we didn't see? <laughs> so I watched it on Amazon Prime. And no, it was the same sort of thing. Now, I will say they moved around a couple of the scenes just very slightly, just FYI as far as the differences go. But other than that, it was exactly the same, much clearer. But very strange. The shortest episode we've watched so far. And I'd have to say this is probably my least favorite episode so far. Let's let's get into this, Denny. Before I had a chance to watch this, you did, and you described it very distinctly as a stinker. Yes. So tell me. I just, the whole Jenna and Ivy characters, they're just so unlikable as people. And, you know, there's just the two stories lines, which, you know, is fine, but like it amounted to nothing. Like there was like, it just didn't do anything for me. I don't know how to describe it other than, you know, it was just a bunch of asshole women who are jerking these guys around. It's easy to see what you're saying. It's hard to argue with it, at least on on that level, because looking at it in the most plainest of ways, it's four characters. And if you have a problem with half or more, because we have the two obnoxious women and Zach, you know, <laughs> it's a real uphill climb to get to a place of excitement. They made Zach seem like a more interesting character because of how awful they were. <laughs> I'm just going to jump in and say, for me, that actually elevated the episode immensely. As we've talked about before, when we've jumped into these Hawaii episodes, there's clearly more of an ongoing storyline going on. They're actually developing things and continuing on some stuff. And so we're seeing growth with Zach. That's exciting. Maybe this has been going on the whole time. And so I appreciate it here. And it was played very well. Like, uh, I, I assumed that Zach, his character, the portrayal of it was going to just be grating every time we had to deal with him. I thought it was going to be a pain in the ass. And I expected not to have a good time here. But you helped lower my expectations, to be honest. And I can see where you have a hard time, or anyone would have a hard time. Because like I say, there's only so many characters to look at, to even experience. You're, you're left with these. But I was able to do it and push past. And yeah, Jenna sucks in a lot of ways, but she's designed to be that way. She is a bitch, but she is 
a capital B bitch. Seeing Sean relentlessly beat up on with no seeming positive angle to it, I can rationalize that because just like with the character growth with Zach, maybe this is going somewhere. You know, as we've seen with Sean, he's struggled with personal interactions with people of all kinds. Maybe this is just another. It's a step on his journey to becoming a more well-rounded person. And hopefully it means that people like Jenna will soften uh, to be more like him and he'll grow to be more interesting. Does Sean need a grill? I think he's already kind of like perfect. Physically, I'm more than happy with but him. They have him as like kind of like, you know, the good old boy, boy scout character. Like, I don't think he does anything wrong. I don't either, but they characterize that as not being enough. That he, yeah, that he's successful and that he's a nice guy and he does all that he's supposed to do. But everything we've seen with him, there's something missing. You know, whether it's the sort of thing in a television show where they're like, nope, you should be coupled and then you'll be complete until we tear you apart for more (laughs) drama. But... It, it, at least in, in my mind, taking this as a whole world of Baywatch, I'm seeing more of Sean than just what we've been given. And these sorts of experiences and challenges from people that are very much not like him and with entirely different worldviews, they're going to make him a more well-rounded person. So I enjoyed it, but I can totally also see where it fucking sucked. (laughs) Um, uh, It was breezy. It was short. It was hilarious that it was another storm one right after our last one. And we didn't even talk about stud watch. I was going to say, I was going to bring that right up. Uh, We didn't have a stud watch because we only had two male characters. So what we're going to do is we're going to pick it right now. Zach or Sean, Denny? I wonder who I'm going to pick. Obviously, it's going to be Sean when he takes off that Lycra jacket. (laughs) There were a couple scenes when I thought that Sean was particularly swoony, but I will say when he feels just the power of Jenna's boobs for the first (laughs) time and nearly falls over, uh, there was something very sexy about that. It was a little... um, It brought me back to some nightclubs, (laughs) I will say. So what would you rate it, at least? Oh, God. Probably four outdated Twister references out of ten. Yikes, that is low. I would say that uh, it's not a great episode. It's not the most fun episode. We've listed all the problems, but I still found enjoyment in it. I still found some fun. I like the three-plus music. I like hearing uh, artists and, well, hell, I just like Hawaiian-tinged stuff in general, (laughs) so I'm a mark in that way. Sean is super handsome and hunky. Jenna calling him Captain America over and over, like, it helps solidify just his archetype in my head and why it's so attractive. Again, I'm just so surprised that I like Zach now, that I find him not just tolerable, but I kind of want to see more from him. He's got terrible style. The dialogue he's given, like the character he has to portray is... Ugh. You probably like season 11, Zach, probably not season, season 10, Zach. Well, there we go. Luckily, <laughs> we've got more to go. All I'm saying is life is what happens to you while you're making other plans. I would say uh, you, you, it's not the best episode, but again, worth watching to, at the very least to see how much of a bitch Jenna truly can be. But we might be talking out our ass. She might be like that the entire run oh, of episodes. God. <laughs> I am kind of interested to see how she is in previous episodes. Yes. Well, speaking of other episodes, now is the time when we pick our next episode that we'll be watching. And how do we do that, Danny? With our magic Baywatch bingo cage spinner thingy (laughs) exactly (laughs) someday we'll have a name for it and uh this is how we decide which episode of baywatch we'll be watching next all right here we go so we have season shit wait hold on 
I want to talk about some other stuff in this episode real quick. Fuck, I forgot. This was our shortest episode that we've watched. It's probably our shortest conversation that we've recorded about it. So just one or two other things. We don't talk about behind the scenes very often unless there's something interesting. And something that I found interesting, so I'm going to throw it in, is that this episode of Baywatch was directed by Anson Williams. Does that name sound familiar to you? The answer will be no. No. Okay. He played Potsy on Happy Days. Okay. Do you know who Potsy was? He was the guy that wasn't Richie and wasn't Fonzie and wasn't Ralph Mouth. Okay. That guy, Potsy. And he is a fairly prolific uh, television director. He has directed all sorts of stuff since he was on, you know, Happy Days. He also acts on and off, but uh, he's mainly a a television director now, so I found it interesting that he directed this episode. He directed six episodes in total, all in this season so we'll encounter him again Anson Williams Potsy and all right now we can move on I'll maybe, maybe I'll just cut that out maybe that's not that interesting so all right we are doing season six episode 10 <gasps> Denny what season six episode 10 of Baywatch is called Sweet Dreams after finding an abandoned baby in his tower Logan wrongly assumes he's the father and decides to raise it. But the reason for the gasp, I remember this episode. Cody participates in the trials for the Olympic swim team. Speedo Cody! (laughs) Speedo Cody is in our future. I don't think we've been this excited to watch an episode Uh, ever. Is this like the one scene in the opening where he comes out of the pool and is the blue Speedo? I am almost certain this is that scene because he wears a swim cap. So we're in for a treat. November 27th, 1995, Baywatch season six, episode 10, Sweet Dreams. We'll be watching next time. And that's it for this episode of Hot Red Shorts, a gay watch of Baywatch. I've been Josh. I'm Denny. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Please do at Hot Red Shorts. Please say something. The only comments I've been getting are from the friends that I'm forcing to listen to. (laughs) So uh, anything would be uh, thanked. You can listen to us on any of the podcatchers that are out there because we're on all of them, at least all that I could find. And please visit our website at hotredshorts.com where I laboriously make trading cards for each of our episodes. I don't know why, but I keep doing that. They're fun. I think so. So that's it. Thanks for listening. Try that again, but in a better way. Like, less, like, perfunctory. Like, you're... Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>